0: Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial.
1: And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial.
0: And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism.
1: And we are so happy to have you here with us. Hey, Jeej. Hey, Chris. Been a minute. Been a minute.
0: Sorry, everyone.
1: Yes. Sorry.
0: Life. (laughs) Life. Yeah, life life got in the way. This uh, obviously is not our job. Yes. Uh, but we still... We love doing it. We just... We love doing it. Got that. blocked a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, thank you, everyone, for your patience. Thanks for letting us uh, have just a little bit of time to get some other things done yes. in life. But we are so happy to be back.
1: We're so thrilled to be here. Jeej. Yeah.
0: Before you can say it to me...
1: No! <laughs>
0: what is the most millennial thing that's happened to you since last time?
1: Um, I was gifted a Stanley Cup and... Oh, it's truly, truly turned my day around. I was so excited about it. Yeah, that's the most millennial thing that happened. It was a corporate, it was like a corporate thing too. I was like, I don't even care that it says the name of a company on it. I'm so excited about this.
0: How much corporate swag have you gotten over your career?
1: Okay, so at my current company, I think I have two items, a sweatshirt and now this cup. Um, at my last company, they just threw swag at us constantly all the time. Like we were decked out head to toe in so much stuff. And then we had like department specific swag. It was, it was out of control. And then the company before that, like, I'd say like not, not a ton, not a ton. How about you?
0: Um, I made this mistake once of thinking that the swag was cool. Yeah. And then you end up like having too much of it, yeah. And you don't work at that company anymore.
1: Sometimes that's fun.
0: And you're like, I only need so many clothes to walk around my house.
1: It's true. <laughs> it's true. I, we should have counted how many hats, like corporate hats, we gave away recently for you. Kind uh, of in the combination between like at least and- ten. There's so many. At
0: least 10. My current company uh, is backed off the swag just a little bit, but yeah. they were super swag heavy, and I wasn't going to get in that same trap again of just having so much corporate-labeled swag that I have to figure out what to do with when the day inevitably comes that I'm not there anymore.
1: That's, that's very fair. Um, your current company swag, though, is very comfortable. I'm <laughs> very, very obsessed with it. <laughs> it's very nice. I,
0: I was told that I should... Continue to opt in for the corporate swag at Correct. at uh, Gigi's size.
1: At, <laughs> yes, at a slightly smaller size. Oh, closer. Thank yeah. you. Perfect. Thank you, Producer Ace. Thank you, Producer Ace.
0: Yeah, so uh, I will figure out how to get Gigi-sized yes. <laughs> corporate swag at <laughs> a you. cup that you don't work
1: for. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. It's cozy. <laughs> uh, so Stan- a, most, a Stanley Cup, that's a right? A Stanley Cup. Yeah, did you know they make mini ones? Because I didn't until yesterday.
0: I am... Outside of just the normal-ass Stanley brand yeah, of cup, which yeah. I don't know how this landed versus Yeti cups versus knockoff Yeti cups versus anything else. I, I don't know why this is taken off. I know nothing about them.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Christopher, what was the most millennial thing that you did this week?
0: Um, I was ashamed of this millennial moment.
1: Ooh, I'm excited. What is this? Because
0: it made me feel like my... Uh, I was excited about incorrect things in my life. I was like, I should be excited about things that matter more. Um, (laughs) God, this is horrible. But this is me telling everyone the truth.
1: I'm so curious.
0: (laughs) I am uh, moderately aware of my just uh, health, generally. I'm not the best at like being very, very, very tight on my health or things like that. But I'm aware, and I I make sure that I try to do things that promote a healthy outcome in my life, uh, both mentally and physically. If you are unaware of it, there is a line of sauces that are (laughs) sugar-free and potentially targeted towards uh, those who struggle with the outcome of diabetes. They recently, or in some recent time, released a sugar-free Thai su- <laughs> sweet chili sauce that I about lost it over.
1: <laughs> it's so good! It's so good. The brand is G Hughes. For anyone who might be looking for delicious sugar-free options,
0: yeah. And so, um, I I I subscribe to this brand quite often. It definitely fits into certain goals that I have and reducing calories and things like that. So barbecue sauces, uh, mustards, wing sauces, all of that kind of stuff. G Hughes is a great brand, great great. product. And Thai sweet chili sauce is one of my favorite sauces uh, from having lived overseas for a time. And um, if you guys haven't tried regular Thai sweet chili sauce on French fries, you're missing out. I invite you all <laughs> to go find the littlest <sighs> bottle of it at your local grocer or Asian market and go dip hot fresh fries into it. It will change your life.
1: That sounds so good.
0: And so I was putting it on my eggs the other day and I was just so stinking excited. And I was like this is like being excited about buying a new vacuum, and I am ashamed of myself.
1: <laughs> no, it really is exciting. I think, like, as we get older we get like, okay, well, maybe I can't eat the whole plate of cookies anymore. Like, to have something that you're like, this is acceptable and probably not as bad for me is so exciting. You know what
0: the horrible part of that was? What? Uh, the recent headline of sugar replacement. Yeah. Uh, sugar, alcohols, etc., somehow being correlated to uh, heart poor heart outcomes and poor can- cancer outcomes was literally the day before, day of, day after of that, like, this is amazing, I'm so happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no. Did that dampen your excitement at all for it, or were you just kind of like, well,
0: now, I love this? <laughs> People are definitely going to probably disagree with me on this one um, because I don't know if I necessarily appeal to the demographic here. But I personally believe that you should be able to like choose what kills you in this life. And if it's sugar alcohol that's going to kill me, I'm just going to enjoy it until it does. <laughs>
1: I think that's – I don't know why you think that's unappealing because I think that's very appealing, right? Like kind of your whole thing is like let people live and that's very like let people live of you. Like you don't judge. Like I don't judge you. You don't judge me. Yeah, absolutely. I don't don't subscribe
0: to any one like political theory or anything like that. I think some people would potentially label me loosely as a libertarian. I personally think you should make the choices – that uh are best for you and potentially don't take away from anyone else and that's a pretty dang good life
1: there you go there you go
0: so uh, before we get into it yeah everyone thank you for listening yes. it's quite fun it is to so fun. to keep having everyone come back and yeah. and listen, and so as as you come back and listen, if you feel like this is important or anyone else should be introduced to it, feel free to share. Uh, we're on all the major platforms and uh, a little bit dormant and quiet on social media, but we are on social media.
1: That social media manager really should get her act together. <laughs>
0: If we were paying them, we'd have a conversation, but we're not.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, we It's me.
0: <laughs> th- this isn't this podcast is not to change your life. This is fun. This is a hobby for us. We really enjoy doing it. Uh, but if anyone you el- else out there would would enjoy the entertainment aspect of it, the topics of what we're doing, please invite them.
1: Please do. That'd be fun. More friends is more fun.
0: Jeej, Yeah. What are we doing today?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So, okay. let's go backwards in time. All the way. This is a time <laughs> How machine. How far episode. back
0: because it definitely affects different parts of our use of our listenership.
1: Okay. So, we're going back in time to the 90s. How old were you in the 90s, Christopher?
0: Uh, I was um I was born in 82, and so most of the 90s were the introduction of my, like, tweens and teens.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Um, We're about 10 years apart. I was, like, kind of early elementary school age in the 90s, and I guess this spills into a little bit of the 2000s. But we're
0: talking about prime time 90s here today. Prime time today. 90s.
1: Yeah. We're okay. thinking like Britney, Y2K, like well a little bit before y 2 Oh, Y2K. that Britney
0: Britney's late.
1: Maybe maybe I'm,
0: we're talking Trapper Keepers, side oh. ponytails, maybe neon is fading out of the like clothing.
1: No, neon is very important to this entire conversation okay. today.
0: <laughs> but like I, like I said, think <laughs> think neon? Think neon. Think scrunchie? Yeah. Think side ponytails? Definitely
1: think Trapper Keeper.
0: Definitely Trapper Keeper, right? Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Yeah, I am trying to set the table for something that's going to be amazing for you all today.
1: Okay, so I have wanted to do this episode for so long, and when I told friend of the pod, Sophia, that I was doing this episode, she said, and I quote... Thank God you only talk about it every single episode. So today we are doing a Time Machine episode on the one, the only Lisa Frank.
0: Okay. So for the minority of people that might listen to this podcast, I will need you to spell it out for them, what Lisa Frank is, because I myself, when we happened to have a lived experience with Lisa Frank in the last handful of months, like uh, late last year, if you remember, with the, uh, with the cookies. Yeah, I had no understanding or lived experience with Lisa Frank whatsoever.
1: So Lisa Frank was this like absolute monolith of a designer of mostly school supplies and stickers in my memory. And they like, there's wow factor was that they were like neon colored and had the cutest little baby animals on them.
0: So it would be like if the brand Supreme and Andy Warhol got together, that's Lisa Frank?
1: Mm, absolutely not. Oh, okay. Think <laughs> like if My Little Pony... <laughs> Like, ran through an additional rainbow and then went through an extra cute filter with huge eyes. So,
0: double rainbow internet.
1: Double rainbow. Outrage, okay. And then, like, amp up the saturation even more and throw some glitter on it. And it's Lisa Frank. It is, it's truly, truly an experience. Everything is very bright, very vibrant. Um, She had, like, a handful of... Characters that went along with mm-hmm. it. There was like a panda that painted, there was a unicorn. My personal favorite was a cat named Persila. Oh my god, and she wore a little tiara.
0: I have nothing like this is all outside of the Lisa <clears throat> Frank cookies we found, yes, at the grocery so store <laughs> last year. I have no knowledge of Lisa Frank so whatsoever. Okay. So, for the very, very few people mm-hmm. that don't have a Lisa Frank experience come along with the ride with me for the majority of people that listen to us sit on Gigi's side of the of the couch here with us and enjoy what we're going to do. Yes.
1: So, my personal memory of Lisa Frank was school shopping. Um it, they, it was stocked at Target, which is where we did most of our school shopping. And like, I would just fall over myself pulling out all of the folders and being like, okay, which character do I want with the folder? Do I want it to match with the binder? Do I need it to match with my Lisa Frank pencils? Like, I was full on Lisa Franked out.
0: Let's pause there. Yeah. Lisa Frank aside, mm-hmm. how important was it to have the right folders, the right pencils, the right trapper keeper, the right backpack to show up to school? In spite of how insignificant any of that stuff
1: was. I think very important. Um, but also, yeah, I, th- I I was there for the style. I didn't care. I was like, give me the wide-ruled notebooks. Those are so much cuter than the college-ruled ones.
0: Every school year, low-key excited. Every year <laughs> yes. to go get new like school supplies, up to an age, right? I couldn't tell you where my like cutoff was, but it was like... <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, like holographic uh, holographic skinned pencils. Mm-hmm. And so I was, again, a little older. Mechanical pencils weren't always in existence yeah. or available, I guess is how I'll say that, mm-hmm. in some of my like lived school experience. So it was like grinding a pencil sharpener on the wall.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely remember that, yeah, the smell of it.
0: Oh, and getting like... The just simplest like sports, like themed folder, (laughs) and you gotta get that like hella awesome trapper keeper that's gonna fall apart before the school year is over. But it's gotta have that look. It's gotta be stinking cool.
1: Gotta be stinking cool. Um, as a your last name is Mead, did you?
0: Oh, you're gonna dox me here? Sorry, I know what's in the description. We're fine.
1: Did you, <laughs> um, did you buy Mead school supplies on purpose ever?
0: Uh, no. I wondered what uncle that was at one point in my life.
1: <laughs> That's so cute.
0: Yeah, I, I was like, well, I mean, my last name's Mead. This is obviously Johnson and Johnson. All the name companies. I was like, I, had, I have to somehow be related to this person. Uh, never pursued that thought. I definitely, more than likely, or not, um, we do not come from money. The Meads.
1: That is. That is really cute, though.
0: My little branch of the Meads does not come from money.
1: Well, you know. Sorry. Maybe you'll find out that one of your uncles was in that secret notebook game one day. Okay, so back to Lisa Frank. Yeah. So this is my memory of her, and like when I think it was like Target or Walmart, Target had those cookies for sale last year. They're back. I checked recently. Um, hello, podcast. If you can hear jingling, that is who is here. But um, I was so so excited to see them because Lisa Frank like truly is just this icon of happiness for me and something still that something about that imagery and those colors still like speaks to my soul in a really very real way not just the nostalgia like still I'm like ah, it's great
0: so I know people who listen to the podcast uh some of them are definitely uh within our social circle yeah at some point uh for those people who aren't in our social circle if you haven't picked up by listening to Jillian Everything you think about what you listen about, Jillian, is absolutely true. Bright, sunny, all the colors, all the fun. Like, literally Lisa Frank lines up.
1: Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. That's very kind. Very kind. But there's a plot twist to this entire thing. Cause I went into this episode thinking, okay, I want to talk about Lisa Frank, kind of the impact she had. Why did we love her so much? What's she up to today? And instead, when I started Googling, like, Lisa Frank podcasts and YouTube videos to do this, oh, Chris, there's a dark side to Lisa Frank. Are you ready for this?
0: As long as we've set the table for what Lisa <laughs> Frank is, <laughs> yes. yes, we can introduce yes. the next chapter of not neon, not sparkle, not color.
1: Oh, there's still neon, sparkle, and in color involved in all of this. Um, really quick, I want to cite my sources because it, it, this would not have been possible without Yeah, for that. sure. Okay, so the first one was a podcast by the Illuminati called Not All That Glitters is Lisa Frank. Um, a podcast by Stuff Your Mother Never Told You by the Stuff You Should Know channel um, entitled Lisa Frank. And then my very favorite, I actually listened to and watched a ton of her podcasts today, Um, It's a podcast called Dark History. It's by Bailey Sarin. Um, She's honestly a vibe. I sent Chris a picture of her the other day, and I was like, she's such a vibe. Yeah, I'm sure Bailey would never (laughs) listen
0: to this, but uh, she seems awesome. She
1: seems amazing. Um, Her co-host is a skeleton and a crow, which I think is great. Love it. And the uh, name of that episode was Gossip Glitter and Whimsical Disgrace. So, here we go. You ready? Can Can I ask one question before? Yes.
0: Is Lisa Frank the designer's real name?
1: Yes. So Betty Crocker is fake. I learned that today. Lisa Frank is real. Her name is Lisa Frank.
0: How many people's worlds will crumble if Betty Crocker was not real in their minds?
1: Well, I'm just here to tell you, you should look into the dark history of Betty Crocker. That was another podcast I listened to today on dark history by Bailey Saran. So. There you have it. Right You've on. Got homework.
0: Let let's let's take the sharp right hand turn into the darkness of Lisa <laughs> the Frank. The
1: darkness of Lisa <laughs> Frank. All right. So, um, I wanted to start with this by saying that Lisa Frank is a pretty she's a public figure, but she's pretty private in her publicness. There's a handful of pictures of her out there, if that gives you any clue into like how private she is. She's, uh, she's done. She's like Enya? yeah she's like, and yet she's done like two interviews that I could find, um nice. and then everyone was referencing the two interviews as well, so it's like, I think that's all that's out there, um but she was born in Detroit in the fifties, so she's like what sixties seventies now
0: okay okay um,
1: her father was in the automotive industry and owned a, a like steel company
0: that's a, it's tough to not be associated to auto in yeah. Detroit in those that period of time
1: yes, so much like you came from the um Notebook airs. She came from steel (laughs) airs, and um, I came from
0: blue, hardworking blue collar (laughs) folks. Well, (laughs) not notebooks.
1: Lisa Frank grew up quite, quite wealthy. Um, She went to a private school that looks like Hogwarts when you look at it. Somebody made that comment. I went and looked at it. It was like, oh, it really does. She was from like
0: Gross Point or some other.
1: I don't remember where. I just
0: there are some very bougie, if the kids still say that, uh, areas of Detroit and some very underserved areas of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And that's all a function of uh, the automotive money.
1: It, yep, that, that doesn't surprise me. Um, so she was the only child in her family. Mm-hmm. And um, she was... her Her entry into art came because as the only child, she needed to be kept quiet a lot. And so they gave her a lot of notebooks to draw and a Keep lot of coloring books. They gave her a loom at some point. So she was introduced to like artwork really, really early on. Um, and it like, it kind of paid off for her because at her senior art show, went to a private school, so she had a senior art show.
0: High school level. High school okay, level. Okay, thank you.
1: She sold $3,000 of art to a Chrysler exec. Um, In today's money, that's about $20,000. So it was, she sold like, a lot of art.
0: I have never understood the concept of pricing art, ever.
1: That is a topic for another day, Christopher. We're here to talk about Lisa Frank Sounds and not her 20000 20, Sounds great. <laughs>
0: I just don't understand it. And so, yeah, if, Artists, uh, we could definitely touch uh, another day.
1: <laughs> we have a lot to get through here. <laughs> Alrighty. So that was her senior year. She went to college. Her dad was like, hey, you're making your own money now. I don't need to pay for you for anything else.
0: So three thousand dollars was enough for her to get pushed out of the nest
1: apparently okay um so as a yeah this is where this is where the story gets a little fuzzy. Different people have different accounts of this um but while she was in college, she um she worked with Native American artists and would some say, would work with them to fulfill custom orders that she would sell, like kind of market and sell on campus. Mm -hmm. And some say that she uh, bought their art and then sold it as if she did it herself. Andy Warhol. I don't know anything about that. The
0: man just put color on black and white images.
1: That's fine. That's art. Um, Do we
0: know where she went to college?
1: I I didn't write that down. Fair enough. Okay, thank you. But, yeah, so like... mm, One of those stories is not great. Both those stories are not fantastic. Um, Yeah, but that gives you... That was her early entry into commercial art. Um, And from then, she was like, hey, I just have to do what I have to do to sell instead of the art I want to make.
0: Okay, so she was born in the 50s, right? Yeah. She was out of high school towards the end of the 60s where southern california like art and music scene was a very central area Mm -hmm. in that thing okay perfect i just i'm just trying to correlate some things
1: so she said okay what can i do that is commercially viable and she just like ripped her art soul out a little bit for that so she came up with this company called sticky fingers chris what do you think sticky fingers does
0: so I have no clue what Sticker Fingers is, but the very first thing that comes to mind was like a child like play toy that you get from the twenty five cent little like things at the front of dare I say Kmart, because if you Where all have K- Okay. Kmart is essentially uh the competitor to Walmart in my childhood experience, and Walmart slowly put them out of business. Okay. Um And so I'm so Anything of that like 25 cent, there's like runts, gumballs, little plastic things and like little like plastic globes, like little figurines or something. And these little sticky hands where you can throw them and they stick to things like paper or something or walls or more than likely a sibling is what they're used for as a small like assaulting weapon that doesn't leave a mark.
1: Fair. We were, I do know what you're (laughs) talking about. We were banned from putting those near... The walls in our house—it's like (laughs) you can hit anything, just not the walls. Because they
0: have like a little bit of like an oily residue. residue. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, Because we had, uh, I think, sticky balls that were essentially the same thing that were stuck on the ceiling for too long and left oil marks. If
0: if no one has followed us, there is effectively a hand attached to like a small. Strand of the exact same material. It's 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 not plastic. It's like gummy in nature and it stretches really far and has like a stickiness to it. Was I far off or right on?
1: You weren't close, but I really, that's what I first thought of (laughs) too when I heard Sticky Fingers. So we were on the same track there. Sticky Fingers was a jewelry company that made like little plastic earrings. It was like little fruit, (laughs) plastic fruit, and she'd make earrings out of them. And they sold really well. People were like really into it.
0: Is this is is Claire's around at this period in
1: time? I have no idea the origin of Claire's. I'll, okay. I have no idea. So I just how she's that.
0: distributing. N-
1: it does do not know. And no internet this point, at this time. No internet at this point. People loved it though, and she made like. Um, a jewelry box where it looked like a teddy bear on the outside, and then the ear, the eyes were earrings, and the necklace was inside. And she was like, "I was already getting ripped off for that." Um, so she had some mild success with that, and she was like, "Okay, okay, what else can I do here?" And so she went, and she was like, "You know what? I'm interested in licensing some imagery." Some imagery, okay. So she had licenses for Felix the Cat and Betty Boop and Popeye, um, and she would create like art around these characters and she started to manufacture little buttons for them
0: oh my gosh button like buttons with the little pins on the back
1: yeah, buttons with the little pins on the back
0: everyone you all are millennials at some point you have had an experience with a button phase in your life i assume yes jeez what did you use to put buttons on
1: um I I I didn't have the personal experience but I have a very good friend who her entire da- um like um like little visor of her car was filled with buttons and people would give her buttons and like that's what I would get her for gifts too was like buttons and
0: uh, I was yeah. never a button person but I knew so many people that like they would collect buttons on like a backpack and they'd wear the backpack around school and just buttoned out, right? Just
1: all the buttons.
0: Or uh, homage to office space. Have, uh, you I still think, never seen office no, space. No, and I
1: think that is very much an older millennial film. Yeah. I'm but but th- there is a say.
0: whole concept <laughs> about pins and buttons that people will get.
1: Fair enough.
0: Sorry to dig- n- I digress.
1: Enough? No. Okay. So she was really she would make these buttons. And, um, then this little company, Chris, this little company called Spencer's Gifts found her and said, hey, you make these into stickers, we'll place a million dollar order with you. Can you tell me your thoughts about Spencer's Gifts? (laughs) Have you thought about that name in, like, 20 years?
0: I don't know if I have in 20 years, but... (laughs) I don't know if this is a lived experience for people as much anymore. I don't know how how much people frequent physical like retail malls
1: it, there anymore.
0: Is. So but prior to e commerce, like yeah. mass e commerce, yeah. Spencer's gift, you went in there seat as as a as a child that was probably more around the twelve year old range. You went in there to see what like crude stickers, magnets. Band t shirts, like anything that you absolutely wanted as a tween, you could find in that place. <laughs> <laughs> Ours was uh the the far from like stick figures and I'll save that for another time. It okay. was like far from puking, far from Pupin, and like all sorts of stuff. That was in Spencer have- Gift.
1: Like as much as you don't have context about Lisa Frank, I have no context to what the heck that is.
0: This might be one of our like best episodes for the exact theme of what we tried to do with this podcast,
1: (laughs) right? Okay, so so Spencer's gifts, which always has a certain smell to it, there's actually one still in the mall closest to us.
0: Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not still in every active mall.
1: There's like they are still a good wander. You want to see what's out there. You want to see what the kids are into.
0: You want to get a Slipknot T-shirt, You're
1: right? <laughs> 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 you, um, yeah, yeah. I I took a recent wander through there, and I was like, wow, <laughs> they're still doing it. Um, so she was 28 when this happened and she, to her, like, she was like a million dollars was like 50 million dollars. I could not believe it. So she I would have so much
0: anxiety filling a million dollar order. I have no clue what that right. quantity
1: would have been. <laughs> Right. So that took her down kind of this, this sticker path. She said.
0: Making a million dollars off a of sticker design. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Out of like licensed stickers at that point. And then she started to kind of, um experiment into her own art. And she opened up this little this little corporation, Lisa Frank. She hired a few people. And from there, here we go. One of the people that she hired was this man named James Green. James Green was the first illustrator and designer for Lisa Frank Company.
0: I always wonder how that works. Keep going. Because I'll ask this question when you're done with that thought.
1: Apparently... Miss Lisa Frank thought he was some hot stuff, and there started to be a little office romance.
0: Nothing wrong with that,
1: as as people that are now together because of office romance agreed. Continue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, James, the illustrator and designer, um, ended up marrying Lisa Frank.
0: Good for James. Million dollar sticker girl.
1: Good for James. <laughs> we might regret saying that in a little bit, but for now, James took advantage of that, right? Um, she, she, they, they kind of went through, they were having crazy success with the company. I thought
0: you were going to say something else, but continue. No,
1: it was like $65 million <laughs> or something like that at this time.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> crazy success goodness um now i hear it (laughs) anyways then she had a kid and she said hey i can't have (laughs) producer ace is cracking up back there and i love this This is the best episode um so she started having kids and she was like hey i can't do this i can't run this entire multi-million dollar sticker and trapper keeper operation and um have like spend the time with the kids i want so what she did what did she do she turned over the daily ops, the CEO position, and forty nine percent of her stock to James Green, who, as a reminder, is an illustrator and designer. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Everyone, I don't know if you like have picked up on this yet. We might be at the tipping point of more people get divorced that get married than that don't at this point is in our millennial experience. Literally a
1: coin flip. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: fine. <laughs> I can I can only assume. Oh
1: man, it is it's great. Yep. So, anyways, you kind of see where the story is going. So, Lisa Frank from then on popped in every once in a while to Lisa Frank offices.
0: So she just became a sil- silent partner, mm-hmm. board membery kind of thing. She was okay. a
1: part of a, a two person board. Owned 51% of the stocks, good for her still. Yeah, so she can uh,
0: still make decisions, good for her.
1: was absolutely not involved in the day-to-day operations and actually seems like fairly removed from all of it at this all right, point. silent
0: partner, cool. Yeah,
1: so she had built it. She helped create a lot of the original characters. She was really involved in like the branding um, and then kind of stepped away. So there were two things that James Green loved. Any guesses on what they were?
0: Um, her making him a lot of money is the number one
1: guess. That, yes, that is, (laughs) that is, that, correct, correct. Actually, okay, we're going to expand to three things. One is the money. (laughs) Do you have a guess for the second one?
0: I can't imagine stickers scratch the itch all the time. I have no clue. Like, I honestly will give you a ton of guesses that won't land anywhere close.
1: Well, I'm just going to capitalize this with all we are too small podcast to ever come after litigiously, but all of this is alleged. Um, cocaine and his secretary were the two other things that James Green really loved.
0: Well, if if office <laughs> romance is allowed to blossom once, why not twice? Why
1: not twice? So, he had <laughs> <laughs> this... Absolute. He had this secretary named Rhonda Rowley, I believe was her last name. That might be the name of the WWE lady, actually. It, but it, it's, it's it close. is
0: allegedly her name. <laughs> it is
1: allegedly her name. Allegedly, it's Rhonda something, and she does look like a Rhonda. Um, she okay. So Miss Lisa Frank is off doing her own thing. James is
0: being being a mom.
1: Being a mom, doing her thing,
0: keeping a household, keeping a
1: household, designing on the side, <laughs> doing whatever she does. Um, And James Green is berating the employees, having fun with mountains of cocaine,
0: and... I can't help but see neon-colored Scarface. No,
1: this is exactly (laughs) it, because the building, Chris, they moved into a 30... In Arizona? In Arizona. Okay. A 30... How did you know that?
0: Um... Would you believe I'm on the TikTok, everyone? And that this was just randomly served to me, the abandoned Lisa Frank warehouse. Oh, it's not someone, abandoned. I'm sorry. In that moment <laughs> of time when someone took this footage, there is this just like normal ass, mm-hmm. like warehouse looking thing yeah. with colored glass all over it.
1: Correct. And there's like <laughs> music, like neon colored music notes and hearts and stars on the outside of the building and they have life-size um statues of the characters and everything is like w- just rainbowy it's
0: like a poor man's disney world
1: it, it's like even better than that at one point lisa frank did want to open her own amusement park and i mourn oh, for those so days. like
0: branson missouri
1: christopher i do not know what you're talking oh my about. god
0: this is literally why we started this <laughs> podcast i love this so much continue Cheech.
1: okay So, yes, in this, like, gorgeous rainbow castle of dreams, we have Scarface throwing metal chairs at people and getting down with his secretary. It got horrendously bad. Like, horrendously bad to the point where everyone in Tempe, Tempe? Tempe.
0: Uh, Tempe. Tempe,
1: Tempe, Arizona. Was like, don't work there. They had entire teams turn over within a year. One time they had an entire third of their staff quit. And this is about a 600 person operation at this point. So it was, it was, that's a lot of people to quit. Yeah. Um, It got horrible in there. Um, Yeah. The, the employees were, like, leaving, like, hotcakes. Just absolutely not. And everyone, um, a former employee commented and was like, everyone seemed to have PTSD after leaving there. And, as, like, someone who's worked in a toxic work environment before, I know what that feels like. That's not very great. Um, no, it isn't. It's not. So, truly, this Rainbow Castle was a house of horrors. And, at least, Gee, yeah.
0: I can't help but think of your... Early early career experience at uh-huh. your one stop, and I don't know how to introduce that without like absolutely doxing those people. Yep, this sounds exactly like that. It is On where scale. you
1: think like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing! What a cool culture! What a cool company! What a cool product! And then you like step inside a little bit more, and you're like, oh, it's so <laughs> people bad. are
0: married but hate each other, but they're sleeping with other people at the company. Ex-
1: oh yeah. it is absolutely yeah absolutely wild um yeah so (laughs) Miss Lisa Frank uh finally kind of raises her head up and says oh no it was like actually it's, it said it had to be brought to her attention. So, kind of unsure what was happening there. The, the details on her... There was a corporate outcome somehow. Yeah. Okay. It was pretty vague. She wasn't known in the early days while she was there to be the nicest boss either. Okay. Um. So, like, James was just way, 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 way worse. So, she said, okay, cool. I'm going to divorce you and, fi- and um, file lawsuits against you for this.
0: Sounds great. I'm still making out okay over here, S- says James.
1: Says James. So <laughs> James is very motivated by his number one thing, money, and probably number two and three as well. Um, and she has to get, so for a year... She tries to get him. She schedules board meetings so she can officially fire him because that's the only way she has to be in a room with him to fire him yeah fifty one percent shareholder fifty one percent shareholder so for a year she tries to get this board meeting together, and he is like dodging her he's like hiding in the bathroom because he's, he's
0: the sec he's the one of two people on the board, I assume yep, if he's, he's a forty nine percent okay thank you
1: so She has to get the courts involved, and eventually she's able to force him into having this meeting where she fires him.
0: Okay. I'd love to see those minutes. Right? of Of that board meeting.
1: Right? And so she fires him, his secretary, who, sorry, the secretary had in the meantime been made the vice president over legal, HR, and operations.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The secretary <laughs> To corporate VP. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. And um, apparently she was very uncaring. And that was a huge problem, too, because, like, HR, the people would make complaints and she'd be like, I don't care. Like I'm not doing anything about this. They that were very. Sounds bad a lot about... like
0: corporate HR. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> she like wouldn't pay out severance. Like there were just a lot of that problems. That sounds going a lot like corporate there. HR. <laughs> <laughs> so she managed to get, and um, then her new secretary also got out outed. It was unclear on what her involvement. Affiliated was to be understood.
0: Okay, understood. Um,
1: but in in this year before she could get him a out, a whole year, whole year. She was like running around the office trying to find him, right? James and
0: needs to write a book on how to stall.
1: Honestly, <laughs> but there were lines drawn among the employees. She, they would both go around teams and ask uh, him, "Are you team Lisa or are you team James?" Oh, and the how,
0: dysfunction makes me just so anxious, right? right?
1: Now. <laughs> and so, like the sales team early on was kind of got the reputation for being team Lisa, and so guess who just didn't have budget anymore just who guess who couldn't do their jobs anymore target stopped working with them entirely during this time they said we literally cannot handle you guys right now
0: um i will paint just the quickest of picture okay if you sell a physical product you need distribution everyone and like the pinnacle of distribution is getting into big box retail yep in spite of selling your soul in spite of like taking a haircut on your margin People will do whatever it takes to be on the shelves of Walmart, Target, or Costco. Whatever it takes.
1: Yeah, and he, they just because because it, it, Target said that James was very hard to work with, and then the continued dysfunction between the company and everything was just unbelievable. So, Target stopped their deal with them.
0: I'm not gonna say They're this candy. is my favorite podcast, but I really love it. It's so, far. so
1: interesting, right? <laughs> okay, so they to this day are still. Embattled in legal battles. They've had like 17 suits between James, Lisa, and Rhonda Rowley, who I don't think that's her real name, but the secretary.
0: Can you imagine being <laughs> the legal firms, just licking your chops <laughs> and just raking in legal fees for something that isn't resolved for 17 years?
1: Oh, I, like truly, I have no idea. No idea. Um, yeah, so most of the latter half of 2000s were in like civil suits between the three parties. Is that
0: why they potentially like dis, dissip- or or maybe step back from pop culture mainstream?
1: You beat me to it. Yeah. Okay. So they they went um, from like a 65 million dollar annual re- revenue company to a 2.3 million um, by oh. the early 2000s, and part of that is like the trends change, right? Like people aren't going to be into it for forever. However, that is a pretty long-lasting brand like kids to love it. It's it's a it's a thing that probably would have outlived its trendiness had it um, had the operational backbone. Or if it had some,
0: if it had some foresight, potentially could iterate yeah. and find its like next sweet spot. Yeah. Right?
1: They actually had something come out that was very similar to a Bratz doll at some point. Oh um, wow! Right, but just very colorful. Wow. Um, and it 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 just didn't get the attention and time and marketing that okay. they should have gone around. Okay. It. Um, so where, like, where's Lisa Frank today? They have a, so they were like a 600. I
0: just want her to be in, yeah. I want her to be in a castle with cats. That's all I want.
1: We don't really know where she is. Okay. (laughs) We know more about her brand than where she actually is, um, right now, but we, we do know some things. So she went from 600 employees. There's now six people that work in that office. It's not abandoned. There are six people that work in the office. It is. It's a huge office. Everyone, I encourage you to go
0: like Google it. It's like an overgrown parking lot. It's not well maintained if people are actually in that place.
1: It's it's crazy. Yeah, six people. Um one of those people is her son though, and he has kind of been credited with um a lot of the Repair. collabs that they're doing. Currently. Maybe repairing. Yeah. Okay. They're trying to they're they're doing it right now. It's mostly it's people mostly spend on it because of nostalgia. Um, I checked out their TikTok and it's actually really funny. They have whoever's running their social media is really funny. Um, they have some of the characters dressed up in these plushy suits and kind of do on trend funny things. And um, my favorite one was like, now that you're an adult, mom doesn't like own your money, like own the money. And now you can buy all the Lisa Frank you want. But there, unfortunately, there's not a lot out there.
0: That is a real socio a, a socio-economical outcome of millennials yeah. because we are the most nostalgic generation with uh, those of us who do have the money to, money to actually go spend on mm-hmm. things that bring us that nostalgic like happiness or, or utility, absolutely, right? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Um, which is like...
0: They will prey they, on us. They will. To make us remember G.I. Joe, My Little Pony, uh, trapper keepers, all of that stuff just to bring us back and take our dollars again.
1: Honestly, like some of that brings us happiness, right? A little bit of a simpler time, some mm-hmm. like happy memories. That's why there's Lego but scarcities. That it's that our is our
0: generation almost entirely.
1: Yeah. There is um there was a Lisa Frank hotel pop up in 2018? Get out. Yeah, it sold out. All the bookings sold out within an hour. It's
0: like a Taco Bell Cantina. It
1: is like a Taco Bell Cantina. <laughs> it was only it was in like pre-existing apartments only for a short amount of time. There is some controversy with it that you can go uh read on yourself if you want to. It's very it's a tangent I'm not going to take us down today. Um, but yeah, so her, their fur their current, their their current <laughs> um, collabs are they have cookies. A Target that I was so excited to eat.
0: So if anyone hasn't seen it, it's like Pillsbury pre-made uh, cookies that come in sheets and they have designs in them and you yeah. cook them in the design. Just much like Pillsbury holiday cookies is how I explain yeah, it. Yeah, like right? the ones
1: with little shapes in it. These have unicorns yeah. in it and the packaging is stellar. Um, they have Crocs right now. There's Lisa Frank Crocs. Chris, Crocs I... is
0: driving me nuts.
1: Why? They're so comfortable
0: oh, I will not take it away from anyone. But the fact that they came back and Jinko's might come back too, like my brain hurts.
1: (laughs) Maybe that's part of the nostalgia again too. Like what's better than a crock with Lisa Frank on it? Um, Orly Nail Polish has a whole Lisa Frank line. Okay. And then Shop Fly Purses, which is another one, which I recently am trying to become a a purse girl again. And I, when I saw the Lisa Frank purses, I was like, I should have, checked here first they have like a little smiley face one
0: everyone pause yes this is a journey for for miss Gigi herself yeah
1: i am trying to become more organized
0: miss Gigi does a very very good job Eh. of taking care of herself but one thing that she definitely works on is making sure she actually keeps all of her stuff with her yeah (laughs) and she finally came to the breaking point of maybe putting stuff in a bag We'll make sure that it doesn't separate from my purse. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. We're working on it. <sighs> Topic for another day. But she, um,
0: I, I did get a compliment for carrying it in the airport the other day. You did. And it was the wrong time for anyone to talk to me because I was not having it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you did look good carrying it. Um, okay, so she also has collaborations with Reebok Morphe and um, a travel blender, which...
0: Travel blender? Like yeah, blender bottle? Or? Like a
1: blend jet. Oh, oh!
0: You know I've seen think? those.
1: Yeah, and it's like the Lisa Frank ones sold out all the time. Come get them. They have a little mm. iconic leopard print with the rainbows behind it. Yeah, mm. It's very cute. So she's still around. If you go into, like, you can. I found actually a um, coloring book, a Lisa Frank's stoner coloring book. They are very, very.
0: Is it labeled as such? It is labeled,
1: such? and she's very protective of her brand and is very. Her stoner quick. brand? I'll, her her name being on anything and okay. It's very quick to send cease and desists, um, which is why if you go on Etsy and you type in Lisa Frank, there's something tagged in there, um, but everything is titled '90s inspired, and it, it's it, but it's you're like this is very much a Lisa Frank.
0: Etsy thing. is a very interesting place for yeah. someone who doesn't frequent it hardly at all. There is a lot of copyright infringement on that platform. It is out of control. And for all those people who are making their own original stuff, I applaud you. But the my experience was um, I was Christmas shopping for the one and only Jeej. And um, as you all are very aware, she loves, maybe a small W worships Taylor Swift. Big <laughs> <Thick> W. <laughs> And I was like, what can I do to support this unhealthy arrangement that she has with this person that doesn't know her? And I was like, oh, I'll get her something to wear to the concert because she was one of the lucky people that got tickets. All I could find was people infringing without copyright, without more than likely agreements on Taylor Swift, and I couldn't pull my... Taylor Swift has more money than I will ever, ever be able to fathom in my entire life, and I couldn't for the sake of Taylor Swift, I couldn't pull the trigger of buying some Etsy like infringing, like, outcome for Gigi, and I had to pivot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute, Chris. So cute. it is a. I think that's a conversation that we should have at some point. I think it'd be very interesting, like, what is the ethics on copyright and character owning, and who does it benefit, and like, Are who are we serving by this?
0: Oh, I can I can talk to you about the seedy underbelly of Asia and how it's all ripped off.
1: Yep, we should do this for another episode.
0: Yeah, but
1: that's that's about all I had for Lisa Frank. Is I'm about to order me some Crocs and dive back into that happy rainbow Uh. nostalgia it's kind of a like this episode made me a little sad to research right like to think of something so happy from like you so glorified so glorified so bright so colorful just like the contrast between that and then the reality of what day-to-day life was for the employees is like a little jarring honestly
0: <laughs> right yeah no you made me think about trapper keepers and that made me very happy
1: We weren't actually allowed to have Trapper Keepers at our school. It was like all bold, like no Trapper Keepers.
0: You realize Trapper Keepers are essentially uh, notebook transformers, right? What? (laughs) What? They're like a transformer. They're like a notebook that closes and latches. They are essentially a large diary in frame.
1: That's really cool. We love it. (laughs) We love it.
0: I have so many like lived experiences that surround a Trapper Keeper. And how horribly they fit in a backpack, by the way. <laughs> Did
1: you have to like, jam like, one side in and then like, kind of like, zip and like, jam the other side in on the and then zip a little more? Just bulge
0: the sides yeah. of the backpack and you just have this flat thing banging across your back yes. as a kid as you ran from the bus stop up to like your house or whatever it was. Yes. Oh, Lisa Frank. Lisa Frank. This was a great kind episode. <laughs> this was a great episode. I really enjoyed this.
1: Oh, thank you for listening and for engaging. I thought it was very interesting <laughs> and like very fun to think about who yeah. our millennial millennial yeah icons I don't are. I don't
0: necessarily want to go seek out like negativity or like the dark side <laughs> no. of of something that's great.
1: But when you accidentally happen upon it, right? Wow! <laughs> exactly
0: right. Everyone, if I'll invite you, I know that we're uh maybe not the most active. On social media for posting. But it still comes to us. We still get notifications. I would love to see any nostalgic Lisa Frank, like, things that you've held. Collectibles. Or an image of something that you used to have and, like, a story behind it. This is so interesting to me.
1: And if you weren't, like, a Lisa Frank girly like me, what is there something you were really into?
0: Oh, my sister was into My Little Ponies and I used to rip the tails out of them.
1: You're so mean. That's so mean. That's such a little brother thing to (laughs) do. Your sister actually messaged me when I posted a picture of the Lisa Frank cookies and was like, "Ah!" (laughs) and I was like, it's only you and me that know this.
0: Everyone. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: Everyone, if you made it this far, thanks for hanging out with us.
1: Thank you so much.
0: This is wonderful. Uh, Thank you for being patient with us. We try our best to do an episode a week. Sometimes it just doesn't fit. And so thank you for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for being patient with us. We love having you.
1: We sure do.
0: All right. Until, I won't say next week, but I'll say I will make a plan for it to be next week because it's my (laughs) turn. And so next time, we'll see you. Take care.
1: Enjoy. Think of rainbows and sparkles and glitters. Bye. Bye.